I'm pulling out of the parking lot. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. And I dropped my son off at camp. Okay. So today, I'm talking about topical blend. So some of you have know exactly what I'm talking about. Some have no idea. So today is talking about something I do in my column, my Making Magic column. So every Monday on the website, I write a column, which I've written for, I think, 15 years now. 15 years, wow. Um, and uh, anyway, back in college, um, I used to do uh, improv, aka improvisation, improvisational acting. So what improvisational uh, theater is, is you get up on the stage with nothing prepared, you ask the audience for certain topics, um, and then you make a scene based upon, you're make, made up on the spot based upon the audience suggestions. And the way the audience knows you're making it up on the spot is you're, you're using their suggestions to make the scene. Um, usually the way improv works is there's a format, there's formats. So like you ask for a very specific things and there's a certain way the improv works. There are a lot of different formats. They're, they're fun. Um, and one of the things that I and my team love doing uh, was inventing new formats for improv and trying new things and asking for cool suggestions from the audience. Um, one of my favorite, by the way, that, uh, that we created um, was we should, we should call Talk Show. And the thing we would ask from the audience were bumper stickers and we would build characters around the bumper stickers. Uh, and then we would ask for pet peeves and that would be the topics we would talk about in the talk show. Anyway, um, so I, uh, in my I started an improv troupe in college called Uncontrolled Substance which uh, I started my sophomore year and ran the rest of my college. And then the troop continued. I, I graduated. The troop continued on. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. And anyway, flash forward many years, I'm working on my column, and I decide that I want to do something fun, something different, just challenge myself. So I came up with the idea of a topical blend. But by the way, the, the, the name of topical blend is from my wife. Laura came up with it. Um, I was trying to get a cool name for it, and Laura, I, I, I like that name a lot. Anyway, um, so here's how it works, is I go to the audience, and I say to them, I need you to give me two topics. Give me a magic topic, and give me a non-magic topic. Uh, and the way it works is, I then collect them. Now, I've done this differently over time. Originally, I did it through email. Now, I do it on Twitter. But basically, I gather together information from the audience. All the suggestions are from the audience. I, let, let, I create some way for the players to vote on the suggestions, and then the players end up picking a magic topic and a non-magic topic. And then what I do in a topical blend <coughs> is I combine them together to write an article. And the idea, much like improv, is I don't, know, I don't know what the topic is. I don't control the topic. So I have the challenge of trying to make it work. <coughs> Hold on one second. I, I have something in my throat. Okay. So now, um, I'm going to talk about it. So, so far, I've made six topical blends. I will make more, um, <coughs> but these are the six I've made. I'm, I'm going to sort of walk through and talk about them. For those that haven't read it, one of my little, my little uh, things of today is, here are six fun articles you can read. Uh, I'll talk about each one. At the end, I will grade them and put them in order if you don't want to read them all. I'll tell you what I think is the best one to the worst one. Um, but anyway, so we start with the, the first one. So the very first topical blends, the first time I had ever done this, um, the magic topic that they gave me was your top 10 biggest magic design mistakes, and the non-magic topic was girls. So I ended up writing a very personal article 
talking about a lot of the, my dating foibles. So the article was basically 10 mistakes I made while dating, and then I apply those mistakes to mistakes I've made while designing. Um, the premise being that I'm very holistic. I believe the things that define you in one area of your life define the other. So clearly the mistakes I made uh, in dating are basically the same mistakes I made when being a designer. And so I, I sort of connect those two together. Um, it's a very personal article. Uh, I pull no pun. I, the names are changed, but I pull no punches. Uh, I talk about a lot of the mistakes I made, uh, and almost all of them—not not all of them, but almost all of them—are my are my fault. Uh, there's one or two, I guess, are not completely my fault. But uh, most of my mistakes are my mistakes. I made the mistake. Uh, in fact, all of them are my mistake. I guess some of them, the uh, had some help from other people. But um, anyway, so I sort of walk through just different mistakes I made. Um, this is a fun article. Uh, and, and I got a real good response to this first article because I sort of talked about something that's pretty universal. Uh, most people have dated, and most people who have dated eh, didn't always go well. Uh, the idea of just dating foibles, of just things that go wrong while you're dating. Eh, I mean, I guess for anybody who's ever dated, which is most people, uh, it's relatively universal. Um, and one of the things that I like as a writer is I like searching for places. Like, one of the reasons I, I've enjoyed the Topical Blend is, would I ever have written an article about my dating life? I, I don't think so. When kind of forced to do it, I did it, and I ended up making a really fun article that really resonated with the readers. Um, but I don't think I would have got there. It's one of the things about Topical Blend that is fun, is I kind of go places that I don't think I necessarily would go. Um, and as a writer, that is fun. It is fun to sort of um, push boundaries and test against things, and, you know, and just see how they feel. Okay. Oh, so the first one, by the way, it was called To Air is Human. Not all of them have names. I mean, all of them are at least Topical Blend 1, Topical Blend 2. Uh, some of them I named. A few of them I did not name. Um, the first one, though, is called To Air is Human. Okay, number two. Uh, the magic topic was the pros and cons of a sixth color. And the non-magic top is Mark Rosewater is bleeping insane. Okay, this one requires a little explanation because that non-magic topic, you're like, what? Um, so there used to be a website. Actually, I don't even remember the name of the website. Uh, many, many years ago, there was a website that did humor. Um, What's it called? I don't remember. Maybe I'll remember if I, if I remember. I'll spread it out. Um, and it was a comedy site that did a lot of parody that sort of made fun of magic. But I mean, there were people that loved magic. It was magic fans. But they, it was sort of a site to do a lot of parody to sort of make fun. Um, oh, was it Mize Tings? Mize Tings, I think it was called, uh, which is magic slang you don't know. Um, anyway, they had a regular thing on their in their bulletin boards. They had a regular, they often would have sort of threads. I don't know if you people know what I'm talking about, but once upon a time, you would talk in, uh, uh, you would write down things, you would put, make posts, and people would respond to your posts, and there was threads, and anyway, long, long ago. Um... But anyway, there was, on their bulletin boards, they had uh, threads that would be Mark Rosewater is bleeping insane, and they would talk about whatever crazy thing they thought I did, and it just was a running joke on the site. Um, so I think what happened was the people, the My Things people, got all their friends to vote or whatever, and I guess other people just sounded funny. So anyway, I did something weird for this one. Uh, this is the one that requires some prep so you guys understand if you go, go read this one. So what I did was um, my article, my article in quotes, 
um, was, was not a traditional article. When you went to my article, what you saw was what looked like a Mize Ting thread, meaning I was making fun of, of my things. Uh, and it was as if, so the idea was it was a thread, yet another Mark Rosewater is bleeping insane thread, but talking about my article about the six, my pros and cons article about the sixth color. Now note, there was no article. Uh, I mean, I wrote some stuff so I could quote it in this article. So one of the ways I get across some of my pros and cons of six is by people quoting the article when they respond. So there is like pieces of the article you can see, but there's no actual article. The article, if you will, is this thing. It's a it looks like a thread responding to the actual article. Um, and a lot of it was a parody of my things and of the, the, I was, the people that made fun of me, I was making fun of them in sort of a, a meta humor sort of way. Uh, they, they actually loved it. They thought it was great. Um, and uh, this article confused more people than any other article I might have written on, on the website. Because at the time, uh, my articles, we don't do this anymore, but at the time, there were threads, a thread, responding to the article. So after you saw it, you'd go see what people had to say about it and you know, banter back and forth. Um, so people thought that when they went to my article, they accidentally went to the thread of my article because they didn't quite get I was parroting a different site. Uh, and they were just confused because I was talking about the article. So the thread they could see mentioned the article because I quote the article within the, the thing. And so people got really, really confused. I was trying to be artsy and have some fun, but I confused a lot of people. So if you go look at it, uh, so you don't get confused. That's what's going on. The article itself is written in the form of a thread on a bulletin board, on my team specifically, um, referring to the article that doesn't exist. So um, there's a lot of jokes there. The biggest problem with this one is, as parody sometimes is, is if you don't know what I'm making fun of, some of the jokes just you'll miss. Um, there's a lot of jokes packed into it, but what I've found is people that don't really know anything about the source material go and read it. Um, it's funny and there's things to read. I'm, I'm not saying it's not worth reading, but it's, it's hard to understand all the jokes. So it's not quite the article it once was just because it's hard to get the context. Okay, number three was the top 10 coolest creatures in magic, was the magic topic, and Dungeons and Dragons was the non-magic topic. Uh, this one, the second one, First one was called To Air as Human. Second one didn't have a name. Third one, or, you know, it was called Mark Rosewater's Bleeping Insane. Uh, the second one was called, sorry, the third one, this one's called Sessions. So the problem I had with this one was so much of magic is already influenced by Dungeon Dragons that it's not hard to talk about the Ten Tools creatures and how they connect to Dungeon Dragons. Half of them probably were from Dungeon Dragons. So I decided to do something a little different. Um, ironically enough, this, is, this problem's popped up a couple times where... It's so easy to connect them that it's not much of a challenge, and I have to sort of add another layer to make it a little more of a challenge for myself. So this one, what I decided to do, uh, it takes place in a psychiatrist's office, uh, which is called Sessions, and I, uh, or, well, the pun, and I'm talking about um, playing Dungeon Dragons. So what happened was, when I was 13 years old, I had a bar mitzvah, because I'm Jewish, and I, my first grade teacher who lived on our street, we invited her to buy my bar mitzvah. Uh, and she, as a gift, gave me Dungeons & Dragons. Um, uh, I played a bunch of my youth, but the, 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 my biggest campaign was when I lived in Los Angeles during my uh, Hollywood years, um, I lived with a man named Chris. And uh, Chris and I had a bunch of friends from college. Um, uh, Chris and I had gone to college. Uh, Chris had actually been... Not only did I start an improv troupe, I also started a writer's workshop. 
uh, where we wrote skits and stuff, and Chris was in my writer's workshop. Actually, Chris would later be in the improv troupe, but not, he and I didn't overlap. Anyway, um, Chris was my roommate, and we started doing uh, a role-playing session. So every other week was Dungeon Dragons, and every other week was Gamma World. Um, Gamma World is a futuristic, it's also put out by, but it was made by TSR back in the day. Um, TSR, the people that originally made Dungeon Dragons. Um, Wizards bought them. Uh, so we would do a Dungeon Dragon campaign that Chris would run every other week, and the other week we would do a Gamma World campaign that I ran. Um, like Gamma World is post-apocalyptic, and everybody was like mutated animals, and it's the game where mutation is your friend, is what I say. Um, but anyway, every other week, Chris would run um, the Dungeon Dragons uh, game, and I was I was a ambidextrous ambidextrous wizard named Gemini. <laughs> Um, uh, and there's a lot, if you want to hear stories about that, in this article, I write, I, I tell stories about my role playing and some of the misadventures. Um, but anyway, uh, the only problem with this article is I was really, really getting into writing about all the stories and talking about all the fun Dungeon Dragon stuff. And so before I knew it, I was like halfway in, or I, I was halfway through the list of the you know, top 10. And I realized that, wow, I, I was going to hit my word limit. So I had to quickly finish. So, I take my time for the first 10 and then quickly do the second 10. Plant a little bit better, maybe I would have. Uh... But it is, it, it is a fun article, and it's also me talking about playing a different game. You don't often get to hear me talk about other games. Um, now, I did do a Dungeons Dragons podcast uh, a while back, so you can listen to that, where I talk about Dungeons Dragons and its role in affecting magic and, and wizards and stuff. Um, but anyway, if you want to hear about me playing Dungeons Dragons, you can read this article. Okay, number four. Uh, the magic topic was the best design card in each set, although I ended up doing the best design card in each block, uh, just because it was, I, I, like I said, I've word, I, word, I, I have a cap of how many words I get it right. Uh, and then the non-magic topic was magic. And when I say magic, I don't mean the card game. I mean as in prestidigitation, you know, abracadabra. Um, so in this article, you learn something about my youth. I was... I'm not sure whether to say amateur or professional. I got paid, so I guess I'm a professional magi- magician. Uh, I was an amateur magician and then occasionally got paid, so I, I, I technically I was a professional magician. But uh, I did kids' parties. Um, uh, but anyway, it's uh, one of the fun things about a lot of these um, the topical blends have been I, I get to get kind of personal and share sort of personal stories. So, like, you get to hear about my dating or playing D&D with my friends. This time you get to hear about me learning how to do magic and all the things that came across as doing magic. Um, and I use that as a way to... Uh, so, not only do I you learn about me playing magic, I also go, I think, through every block. Started, I think starting with... I'm not sure if I start with Ice Age or Mirage. Or, or maybe I do Modern... Not, anyway, I the parameters in the article. But anyway, I talk about um, all the best cards, for, maybe, it's, maybe it's in modern, but anyway, I start at some point and I talk about every single best card design in each block. Um, the only thing, by the way, that uh, in retrospect, that I, I think I made one mistake, um, which was for, what was it, um, Lorwyn block, um, I put, um, what's the name of the tree folk that attacks, Doran. I put Doran as the best design card, which is an awesome design card, but I actually think I should have picked Garrick. That's the first time we ever done Planeswalkers, and I think Garrick was the best design Planeswalker uh, of the initial five, of the lower one five. And really, that was such a giant leap forward that I, I should have labeled that. 
Um, but anyway, this is another fun one, and you can hear me talk both about like what cards. They, the neat thing about Topical Blend, by the way, is they're both topics that people really want to hear. So you get to hear kind of fun stuff on both sides. Okay, number five. So number five is unreleased mechanics and urban legends. Uh, this and this one's called "Did You Hear the One About?" Um, so this one was a lot of fun to write. So I don't often ta- talk about unreleased mechanics. The reason I don't is I always have this like romantic notion that like we will save the mechanic and one day we will find the right way to do it and then we will do it and I want to surprise you. So I don't often talk about unreleased mechanics just because I feel like, oh, just because we haven't solved them yet doesn't mean we'll never solve them. Um, but you guys picked unreleased mechanics, so I share a bunch of unreleased mechanics. I talk about the forbidden mechanic. I talk about um, Link and I have a bunch of mechanics that we've been trying over the years. Um, the fun thing about this one, though, was uh, I did some research. So I actually have a book, a book all about urban legends. And so I did some research, and I, I read up, and I, what I do is I find a bunch of different urban legend structures, you know, stories, and then I tell, I talk about the unreleased mechanics through stories that are patterned after urban legend tales. Um, so anyway, it's a lot of fun, and it definitely is... Um, it's, it's lighthearted, and um, not only will you learn about old mechanics or unreleased mechanics, but you will... It, it, it's a fun read. It, it, I really... I had, I had a blast writing it. It was really, really fun to write. Um, like I said, it's neat as a writer. Sometimes you do structures that are different than what you're used to, and it's kind of neat. You know, I was like trying to... How do, you, how do you tell this story in a way that sounds like an urban legend? That was a lot of fun for me. Okay, number six. So the final one I've done so far... I mean, not ever, I will do more, um, was, uh, the magic topic was when do you break the rules, or when to break the rules, and the non-magic topic was the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, for those that do not know, I am a long-time comic reader, I mean, started in my youth, um, I, and I've read, my whole life I've read comics, I love comics, I love superheroes, um, and... I'm enamored with Marvel. I'm a big fan of Marvel. I, I still, to this day, read a lot of Marvel comics. Um, and I watch, I see all the movies and watch all the TV shows. And I, is it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, I am watching it. I watch everything. Um, so this one's a little bit different. Um, a lot of my other urban, uh, sorry, a lot of my other uh, topical blends, I, I, I talk in some more private aspect. Um, this one I own up, for example, that I'm a comics fan. But I spent a lot more time actually talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so this one, in retrospect, my, my biggest problem with this one is it really requires you knowing the Marvel Cinematic Universe to understand the article because I use a lot of, uh, of uh, examples. Oh, by the way, I said this in the beginning of the article, but spoilers, make sure you, you read in the beginning of the article. I list, there's a bunch of films I talk about and some of them I give away details about. Um, I know Doctor Strange and Avengers Age of Ultron are two for sure that I, I, I do some spoiling on. Um, so it, just make sure if you haven't seen the movies yet or whatever, look at it before you read it because there's some spoilers in it. Um, I like the article, and if you know the stuff I'm talking about, I make some really good... Oh, so the major comparison I make is when Marvel decided to start doing the movies, they made a conscious choice. And what that choice was is that... They wanted the movies to represent the characters correctly and the powers correctly and the 
the settings and things, but that they weren't married to the history of the comic books. That they're going to start fresh, they're going to tell their own story, and they'll tell whatever story they want to tell, that the characters will be consistent with the Marvel Universe. If you meet Captain America, hey, it's Captain America, but the order that things happen in the movies might not be exactly the same as the comics. Comics are not more, a lot more convoluted. They wanted to sort of make their own new sort of world, if you will, which they call the cinematic Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it is now the largest cinematic universe, I think, in history, and the highest grossing. Um, and there's just a lot of movies and a lot of things that take place there. So, But anyway, they made this kind of decision of, okay, we're going to start fresh, which allows us to change things. We can tell the story slightly differently because we're not beholden to the original tale. Um, and so I talk a lot about, you know, in Magic, when do we break our rules? And I talk about, like, well, when does Marvel kind of break from its rules, from its, its thing? And, and I, anyway, I use that comparison in the article. Um, I think it's a really good comparison, and I think there's a lot of cool um, comparisons I make. The biggest problem with it, though, is if you have no idea anything about the Marvel Universe, it's a hard article to read. I'm, I'm sort of using something and making examples of something that if you don't know is not... I mean, that's my biggest problem with this article is it doesn't, it doesn't stand on its own as much as the other articles do. You know, if you read my dating article, you don't need to know much of anything. You know, I mean, you need to know magic, but I assume if you're reading me, reading my, you know, magic design article, you know magic. Um, but uh, it doesn't require additional information. Um, and it was fun writing the article. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it was fun talking about it. Um, but I think I learned a lesson from it that I, I probably want to more steer toward the personal stuff and a little less away from material people may not know. Like, for example, in Dungeons & Dragons, I spent less time talking about Dungeons & Dragons as a history of Dungeons & Dragons and did more of, like, my relationship with it. Okay, so I promised I would give you a rundown of top one through six. So if you're going to read these in order, or, or you only have one to read, so, so okay, my, my top favorite by far, by far, by far is number one, uh, top ten biggest uh, design mistakes in girls uh, called To Air is Human. Uh, it is one of my favorite articles I've ever written. Maybe my favorite article I've ever written. It's up there. I really, really like it. Um, it does this interesting thing in that it's informative and personal. Um, one of the things I love about writing is when you can sort of speak in a way where you really share something with the audience. That does this. Uh, I'm super vulnerable. I really, I, I honest to God, talk about like lots of design mistakes I made that were really honest. A lot of them are embarrassing because I, but, but that, it's what humans do. It, it, it is, uh, so. Anyway, my top choice, number one, is topical blend number one. Um, my second favorite, uh, or as far as I think best written, uh, also my favorite, I guess. Uh, number five, did you hear the one about, this is Unreleased Mechanics and Urban Legends. Um, I really, really enjoyed how this one came together. Uh, I, it was fun writing in another, in another style. And I really thought I did a fun job of interconnecting the urban legend archetypes with the stories I was trying to tell about the, about the unleashed mechanics. Um, my number three choice, I think, is Sessions, uh, topical line number three, which is the top ten coolest magic creatures and dungeon dragons. Um, this is me doing, doing storytelling. Like, this is, if you enjoy me listening to my podcast where I just tell stories, that's what this article is. It's me telling stories about playing with my friends, playing D&D with my friends. Uh, and it's a lot of fun, and it, once again, it'll give you a little insight. Like, I don't often talk about playing other games, so if you want a little bit of a game that shaped me as a designer, you can hear about me uh, just having fun playing with my friends. Uh, my 
fourth favorite, I think, is Topical Blend number four, uh, which is best designed cards in each block and magic, you know, abracadabra magic. Um, this is another one. This is one of those articles where I get to kind of share something about me that most of us didn't know. I mean, like, like for example, I, I think that you know, for example, that I dated. I mean, maybe you didn't know what mistakes I made, but you could guess I made some. Um, or the fact that I played D&D. Okay, look, I'm, if you know my age and I'm a gamer and like, okay, I probably played D&D at some point. Um, the fact that I did professional magic, eh, that you might not have known. Um, and there's some, I, I talk about uh, just some of the things of, of performing. And anyway, it's a, a fun little insight. Um, my number five choice, I think, is Topical Man number six, uh, When to Break the Rules in Marvel Cinematic Universe. I like this article. I actually think if you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's a really interesting article. Um, the reason that it, it, it's the second lowest is if you don't know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's actually a hard, it's hard to read. I mean, I try to explain things so you don't have to have to know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but wow, does it lose a lot if you don't. It really means a lot. If you, if you know the movies and know the things I'm referencing, it's just my examples are so much clearer than when I don't. Um, and my number six, my, my bottom one, it's not that I didn't enjoy this one. I actually think it was well-written, but it's a parody of something that the thing I'm parodying hasn't existed for, you know, 10 years or something. So it, it is, it, it's one of those things where if you understood it in its context, I'm very proud of it, but it loses a little something with time in that it is something, um, I mean, it's fun if you're going to read them all. I, I'm not saying not to read them. I'm just saying, go only read five of them. Um, it's the one I would skip if you're not going to read them all. Um, for a while, it was broken, and you couldn't read it at all, but I think they fixed it, so I think you can go back and look at it now. When it originally aired, um, Monty Ashley, who at the time did the website, made it look exactly like the Mice Tings boards. Um, it was, like, spot on, and the, the attention to detail we paid to sort of really mimic it was really good. Um, I don't think that's still there. I think when they rejiggered it, 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 it looks not necessarily like that. Um, but I did think they fixed it. For a while, you couldn't even read it. I think they fixed it. Um, and, if, by the way, if you're interested about my feeling on the six colors, don't skip over the quotes from the article. I particularly wrote those to sort of convey some stuff about six colors. So there is me talking about the topic in there. It is sneakily in there, but it is in there. So don't, don't gloss over that stuff. Um, I'm almost to work, so let me just end by saying the following, which is... Um, so I, I started writing this... Um, for fun. Uh, I think I did a, a swap one day. We did a thing where the authors, we had a theme week where the authors wrote other authors' columns and I wrote the deck building column, which I think was Jay, Jay Moldenhauer Salazar at the time. I think Jay wrote my article. And if I remember correctly, well, whoever wrote my article wrote a topical blend um, for my article. Then Gavin Verhey started writing his own topical blends in his column and he's done a couple of them. Um, and then I've seen other people on other sites do it. So it's become a thing. I'm, I'm kind of proud of it that I made something that was, not only was it fun and I really liked the, the work that I produced, but it inspired other people to also do it. Um, and so it's kind of cool that it's, it's just become this thing that people do. Um, it's become a, a writing form, if you will. I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Um, and like I said, the, one of the things that I enjoy, like, it's very funny. When all I did was write my column, I tended to be much more experimental in my column. And as time has gone on, my column has... I'm now translated in a whole bunch of languages, and 
I now have a lot of other formats like the, like this podcast, like my blog, where I can be a little more experimental. And I've actually started taking a little less risks in my column because since I've been writing for 15 years, I've figured out kind of the things people really want to see. So I, I, I hit those a little more. Um, I'm not done taking risks I, I, in my column. I, I still occasionally will try to do things. Um, but I, I've been a little more experimental in stuff like my podcast just because I have... Um, somehow this is a little more... Because of the nature of the website and the column, the fact I'm translating so many languages, I, I feel an obligation to write something that everybody can understand. And when I get experimental sometimes, it's, it's hard to translate me. Um, like, for example, you know, if I do a 80-picture walk around the office where I'm writing on a bulletin board, I, I, don't, you know, I don't quite know how you translate that. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a way to do it. One of these days, maybe I'll, I'll do 80,000 words, part two. But um, that's the one where I walked around with a picture. Uh, anyway, um, I hopefully, part of what I, re- the reason I did this today was um, I, I want to encourage you. I like to sort of talk about different things I've done. I'm very proud of the topical blends. They're a lot of fun. Um, you get some insight into me as a person. Uh, you'll learn a bunch about magic. I mean, the, all the topics are things magic players wanted to hear about. So the topics themselves are actually interesting topics. Um, so I just want to say, hey, go give it a try. Um, see what you think. Uh, and the fi- I will, I'm going to leave with a final question. Something I'm not sure about, so I want some input from all you guys, which is I'm toying with the idea of trying to maybe do a topical blend in my podcast. I don't even know what that means exactly, um, but I'm sort of curious if what people would think if I... I want to try something experimental here. Um, it's a little bit harder just because I have... Uh, the, the nature of how the podcast works, I have a lot less control, and I have to do it for half an hour, which is a lot longer. Um, but anyway, I'm willing to experiment. I mean, I, I guess you won't probably hear it unless I'm successful, meaning if I try something and it's a just, it's a horrible, it doesn't work, then I won't force you to listen through it. Um, but anyway, I'm definitely let me know whether you think that some sort of uh, topical blend podcast might be interesting to you, something I've been toying with. But anyway, guys, that, I'm, I'm now here at work. Uh, that is a, a little peek into... Uh, an aspect of one of the things I do. I, I write my column. If you, have, if you don't read my, read my Making Magic column, I read it every Monday. Um, I've been writing for 15 years. I have over 800 articles. Um, it's all archived. You can read them. And anyway, there's lots of fun things. Um, one of these days, I'll go back and talk about my favorite articles that I've written. I'll, I'll do, I'm not, not right away, but on my list of something I'll do one day. Anyway, uh, I'm now at work. So we know what that means. I mean, this is the end of my drive to work. Instead of talking magic, It's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.